Hello, you beautiful Americans. Beautiful. Welcome back to another... Howdy, everybody. Built Blue episode. This is number five. This is. And I'm loving it more oh, and yeah. more as we go. Oh, yeah. Thank you all so much for your support, your listening, sharing us on social media. This is this is some good stuff right here. It, it gets us going. And to all the family out there who has my personal number, been texting me and letting us know. His personal how- number is 555. <laughs> five, five. Five, five. Five, 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 five. <laughs> uh, good shit. Nah, it's, it's going to be this will be another fantastic episode. We're just going to sit here and just talk, bring you some good stuff, you know, hopefully make you smile, maybe giggle a little bit. I hope so. Yeah. Y'all yeah. beautiful Americans, smile a little. It's good yeah. for you. It's good for the soul. But first, we're going to start off with the pairing of the day. Today we're- Don't laugh at us. Yes, it is a corporate beer with a good cigar. Yeah, but it, it goes well. It goes well. It goes I'll, well. Gi- I'll give, give it, it a skeptical. Chance. Give it a chance. But Today we're not just not just having a, a nice cigar. We're also enjoying a fine adult beverage. Drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. 21 means 21. 21 means 21. 18 means 18. Learn the laws. But, so the cigar of the day comes from Mr. Alec Bradley. I don't know who he is, but I'd sure like to meet him. He makes a good cigar. And his classic blend American cigar. It's a little... You know, for the recreational cigar smoker, it's a it's a little up there, about nine dollars. Nine dollars a cigar, which is, eh, you know, it's it's a little up it's there. It's about average. It's it's not a swisher. I'll mm, tell you that. No. But it definitely doesn't taste like a swisher. Those are like bad words. I should slap you right now. If my father's listening, he'll laugh because when he starts drinking, he likes what, he likes those. He'll grab the swishers. You know what? My dad's thing is the backwoods. Yeah, that's my brother-in-law. And that's what, you know, once you start getting into like $9, $10, even $6, $7 cigars, whatever oh, yeah. whatever you're into, once you get into like the good premium hand-rolled stuff, and then you go back to a Backwoods or a Swisher, like I hate it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I give my father, which I'm a firm believer, if you want to develop your palate, whether it's, whether it's beer, wine, cigars, whiskey, whatever... You just got to drink a lot of whiskey or smoke a lot of cigars or Try drink a all. lot of beer. Like, that's how you develop your palate. Exactly. And you, you might find, like we were talking about on that one episode, like Proper 12, it's a middle shelf middle shelf price. But, you know, it's right up there. Some of those $60 bottles I bought. That's just a good, it is. you know. But see, that's just com- that's coming from an experienced palate. So yep. if, you ju- if you're coming from Swisher, which is a sweetened chemical added yeah normally normally not always the wrappers usually coated or so i can't remember how they cure it but yeah in some kind of stuff and you want to get into the hand rolled stuff that's a little more spendy a little more fancy give it time definitely give it time oh yeah develop your palate one of the biggest things i ever saw on a when i was getting into it was the there was a guy that actually said to smell food you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then it's like if you smell certain spices or certain herbs and things like that, and then you know what they taste like in food, you'll be able to pick up on those things in like beer or whiskey or right. <clears throat> cigars. Well, yeah, and that's the thing with um, cigars. Once you – cigars, sorry, dear. <laughs> Anyways, is when the the flavor I don't want to say the flavor profiles, but the profiles that come from smoking cigars, you're getting things like you know they categorize in like nuts or yeah, like m- hazelnut, milkies, like cedar, salted cat shoes was one wood as weird as that sounds. wood leather, leather. spiced leather mm-hmm. was one that we came across the other. Which I bet you never thought you, that you'd think of that and be like, well, that tastes good. It tastes like I threw some spices on some horse straps and chewed on it. I don't know. But you start but you start develop if you smoke it. What I've found that's that's kind of fun. Kind of gets the experience up there trying to find those flavor profiles it is does. you start smoking it and then you look up that cigar and read what the reviews are and be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I can taste that. I I see where they're coming." Especially if you get a good review that actually goes into depth on the flavor profile, like the draw has a different flavor of where it just sits in your mouth to where the aftertaste. And, you know, if it's something you want to get into, like always, we're always talking about cigars daily. He's got some fantastic. He's got good stuff. Yeah, Those episodes out there will, 
they'll they'll get you going in the right direction, whether you're just starting out or you're wanting to broaden your horizons. My favorite thing is you watch his YouTube videos, and in the background of his studio, you see that blue line flag on the back wall. Ah. I like this guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like this guy. Right. But the pairing today, yes, it's a corporate. It's not anything handmade, fancy, all this stuff. It's We're just pairing it with a little Coors Banquet. Some would refer to it as a stubby, I think, is yeah. how the little short original Coors, not the light. We're not going watery. No. We're getting some good good hoppiness going. Yeah, we got a little bit in there, but I like it. You know, I've never minded Coors Banquet. If I'm going to drink something cheap, usually it's yeah, going for it's Banquet. A, it's a good, but really when I went to the shop this morning, and I was trying to find a good parent. I wanted to find something basic, basically. Right. I wanted to find like a good Connecticut cigar and a nice, basically a beer where you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I figured it has to go good. And and, I, it, and thankfully I was, I feel like I was pretty accurate. I, I think you nailed it because the smoothness of the banquet beer with the smooth and subtle spiciness of the cigars. I think it's pretty damn good. Good times. Good times. But well, now. I know all our listeners don't really enjoy cigars, so we, we won't. We lost half of our seven listeners. Right. <laughs> we love so, each and every one of you, though. We Thank you so much. stay on this track for too long. We're, We're on gonna... bigger and better things. Yeah. So. So today, I think Josh and I were talking a little bit, and we want to get into. One beer down already. One beer down. We want to get into how times have it changed. Oh, they've changed Oh, oh my gosh. Dramatically. Evolution. I don't know Uh, if you want to call it that. Nah, it's called devolving, if anything. (laughs) It's all downhill from here. Yeah. I think that's what they said, like, in the 50s. Well, it's something like that. And they probably have been saying it since the 50s. Back porch studio. If you hear the airplane flying overhead, that's what's going on. But, or the helicopter, excuse me. Nope, it's an airplane. Okay, never mind. But. There you go. Back squirrel, squirrel moment. Excuse me. But we're talking about how you look at what some would call the good old days, or obviously Josh and I were both born in the nineties, in the early nineties. Right. But even from the early nineties, like you look at music, for instance. Oh geez, yeah. Oh man. It's like every genre of music has changed. Dramatically. Drastically. Oh yeah. And you know the thing is, is I like to think because I I like to use country as an example because the country today, there, yeah, there's a couple out there that I don't mind listening to, but I prefer '90s country or the golden oldies. And but the, the '90s and then back, they relied on vocals because they didn't have the technology now for auto tune and making a voice that sound like crap. You know. Well, plus back then, if you couldn't sing. Yeah, there was no auto tune to make you sing. Right. Exactly. You, you just sucked if you sucked. Right. And who was just down in Boise? Was that was that Garth? Garth Brooks. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was over hearing some people talking about Garth Brooks being down there, and they said everybody just loved it because well Blake Shelton was there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake's all right. He's <laughs> all right. But with Garth Brooks, especially the older generation, you know, like our fathers' ages, and well, even the nineties in the, in the nineties generation, you know who Garth <coughs> Brooks is and have enjoyed his music. Right. They said it's just he's phenomenal to listen to because his albums sound the same as him on stage Mm -hmm. i've been to concerts and i'm sure you have too where you listen to an album you're like oh i'd like to see these people that get on stage and you're like oh god that's what i'm actually glad to say i've i have yet to go to a concert where the artist hasn't sounded i mean obviously when you're live there's going to be a difference between a studio produced album right not saying auto-tuned but you're it still sounds good but it's you know it's different (laughs) But right. I think that is accredited to, like, I won't go to a concert until I get on YouTube and watch videos of that artist live. live. Yeah. Because then, because there have been guys where they come to my neck of the woods or close enough mm-hmm. and we think about going and then I get on, I get on YouTube and type in whatever their name is live and live they're terrible. Oh yeah. Like they're actually, we did go to a concert once where it wasn't the main act the main act we went to see was was great, but the opener and I won't say the name because it's kind of a, it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was not. You could, it was one of those things where the band's playing the songs and the music sounds pretty good, 
but then it's, you couldn't understand a word they were saying in the microphone. Right. And yeah. so it's like, I, I don't know. And like, I think at the time this artist had like one popular song on the radio. Uh, like a one hit wonder. <clears throat> well, pretty much. Yeah. But it's like, until he played that one song, I had no idea what he was saying the whole night. So I'm like, right. I can't enjoy the music because I don't know. I'm a lyrical guy, I guess you'd say. Like I, there's as gotta, I pop another top. As you pop a top. When I listen to music, I've got to hear the words. And there's different people. Like I know my sister-in-law, she's more of a music. Like she likes to listen to the rhythm and the bass and all that stuff. Yeah, the instruments and everything like that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a lyric guy. Like that heavy metal, and it's for some people. It's not for me. But the heavy metal where you can't understand the words and there's right. just screaming, it's like, I don't get it. Yeah, there's there was a little spot there where I got into some heavier stuff, but I'm, at, I'm on the same level with you in that, though, is I have to understand it mm-hmm. to some aspect. Now, there's some times where I'll be lift when I was, you know, when I was in the gym more, mm-hmm. I'd be lifting and I'd get it. I could care less what it was, but as long as it was freaking headbanging shit and I was getting a pump, it's yeah. all that mattered, but... But I that's can appreciate a little your different. sister, though. Like, if you're in the car and you're focusing and you're listening to the words versus, like, being in a gym and trying to get, like, ex- get, trying to get like fired up. And, right. You know, those are two different environments almost, too. And I'm going to jump in there on the note of listening in the car. I was talking to some truckers, and I've kind of heard this since then a few times from people, is on long hauls and stuff, they prefer to listen to either talk radio or podcast because that keeps them awake because... Yep. You're indulging in conversation, and maybe yeah. we were even talking about that. I think we have because obviously I know both that's of what us, you do. Both of us a work lot. in that graveyard shift. Yeah, you know, I I have found it like it hits that two, three, four in the morning point. Right, and music is good, but it's really easy for your brain to tune it out oh, when yep. you're tired. That's exactly. probably why a lot of people like to listen to music when they go to sleep. Right, yeah, because especially if you've heard the song before or like you've watched the TV show before. It's really easy to uh, tune it out. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to, yeah, it's playing in the background, and it's nice because your ears, personally, when there's dead silence around me, my ears ring a little bit. Oh, yeah. So I don't like dead silence. A little tinnitus. A little, little bit. Oh, <clears throat> oh hey, I'm, I'm going to have a squirrel moment But here that's saying. why I've watched every episode of The Office approximately 35 times. <laughs> Yep. Because it's just that easy to turn it on and go to sleep. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've done that before. Or you, even with reading a book, though, too, you just start reading. Have you ever done that? You read, well, you don't really care to read books too much. but I do once in a while. But hey, you've done that then. So you're just like reading and all of a sudden you space off and you kind of start thinking and then you realize you're like two pages and you're like. I haven't read a single word. I've just been on my own train of thoughts. What the fuck? No, I'm, <laughs> so I'm not a huge reader. I like audio books because I'm lazy. Uh, but that's good though too for also driving because you get also you know you enjoy it's some literature. Like, yeah, it's kind of like talk radio. Yeah, right. Well, it's a little. Sometimes it's very monotone, and the guy reads the it book. Has like to, I have this to listen to a sample because that one minute tells you so much on that sample if it's going to be any good. Oh, it really does. But there's, I'm just very picky about the books that I pick up and read. Mm-hmm. Um, like some, for example, Tim Tebow's books. I love Tim Tebow's books. Yeah. If you haven't read those, those are great. I mean, they're religiously driven. So if that's not your forte, that's not your forte. Right. Uh, other, I like, what else have I read? I've read Jocko Wilnick's book, uh, Extreme Ownership, and I've listened to the audio book. It's a great, it's a great read. So have you ever read Lone Survivor or listened to it? I did. A, I read American Sniper. I haven't, I've watched Lone Survivor, which is crappy as that sounds. <laughs> uh Never read it, and I haven't got the audio book yet. My sister-in-law has the book. I just haven't stolen it from her yet. Honestly, it's one of because it's not a, it's not a huge book. Like you could probably polish it off in the weekend if you had a lazy weekend. Mm-hmm. You get into that thing though, and it's just freaking. Even though I read the book after I watched the movie, and I just it was actually while I was working at um, a lab. That's where at the time where I was working, and I would just go do my blood draw. If I had to go somewhere do something, I'd get right back there, and I was just freaking thumbing through this thing. Just oh man, it it's a good read. Mm-hmm. But I, that little squirrel moment before I forget, we dive too far off course. Oh, yeah. the, the, t- the tinnitus thing. I was going through uh, an app, a certain app that does voiceovers 
or sometimes people just put up short clips of themselves saying something funny or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to name the app, of course, because we don't want to get into that whole. Don't want to go to that rabbit hole. Yeah, debacle using their name. But anyways, this guy was talking about how he was in the military and he has tinnitus. Ears ring 24-7, 365. Oh. He said something like including Christmas, Hanukkah, 4th of July, all the time. And so he's like, he was saying how, well, some people all feel sorry for me. And they're asked, how do you live with that? And he's like, well. I like to feel, like to think I'm a little more American than the rest of y'all. Let freedom ring. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. That was pretty good. That's, you know, it just kind of makes get it making the best of a bad situation. Exactly, you read my mind. Exactly, but it kind of I don't know. We're kind of getting those men are few and far between on that whole subject of they are, and that's I think that coming back to like the main topic of discussion for today. I think that comes back to times of changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still have fantastic people out there. We have hardworking American. Oh, yeah. Americans, men and women, both y'all gender groups out there. Yes, we do believe in two genders. Anyhow, <coughs> two. Two. <laughs> you, you are not what you feel, but, and again, we're not going to dive too if far. If that's so, I'm Bill Gates, and I'll be taking my retirement. I'm a goddamn eagle. Oh. Because freedom, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, that's uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I think, you know, like we said, we don't talk about politics or the weather out here. Speaking of the weather, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. It is beautiful and sunny. It is. But anyways, the the media and the media mm. is big into everything. You know, most of the time they like to dive into politics and on the current president and stuff like that. You know, educate yourself on your politics. Stand your own ground. No politics, Josh. Rule one. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, if you, whether you're Democrat, liberal, conservative, right, left wing, down wing, I don't care. The tail feathers, shit. Just educate yourself. But on the note of the media is they portray what the media, the, the minority of stories like, yeah, it looks like we have all these like Antifa and these small groups out there who are know they seem to be a big deal but they're they're just a small sliver of what the american men and women actually represent and yeah i think we have some whiners these days some victims um people who like to play the woe is me card mm-hmm. but there there are still those badasses out there you know whether they're fighting for your country fighting on the home front fires bad guys yeah exactly and i don't mean to uh to go off on a squirrel moment, but I've got to I've got to give a shout out to Papa Bear real quick. Uh-huh. I never even realized it. So, I'm trying to remember what year I don't know what year it was, but I think I was in the fifth grade. You're talking about your pops, right? I'm talking about my dad. Okay, yeah. So my dad just sent me this text message, and I'll get into it a little bit. So, but it's a little bit of a of a feel good story. So when I was in about the fifth grade, in the elementary school I went to, I lived pretty close to it. Right. So. A couple friends and I went to the playground after school one day, like at nighttime and stuff like that. Uh, And we heard a whining on the playground. So we we look behind the bushes and there's this little, I could never tell you what kind of dog it was, but this little puppy Mm -hmm. like just laying in the wood chips. Because, you know, every elementary school playground has got to have the wood chips behind the bushes. Yeah, you get the slivers when you skin your knee. So being the little kid... That I was and not wanting to leave a little puppy behind the bushes. <clears throat> I took the little bugger home. Nice. <laughs> and of you course. You kind hearted soul. Oh, oh, no, wait, it gets way better. So dad, uh, and you got to keep in mind, this was when I was in the fifth grade. I don't know how old's a fifth grader, like 11, 12, 12, something like that. Uh, 13, you know, 14 years ago. Being 25 going on 26. Yeah, about 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, I take the dog home and instead of my dad just telling me, take it back to the bushes and leave it. Uh, we, we couldn't keep the dog because of the housing situation we were in, I believe, or something to that effect, or we already had a dog, something like that. Right. So dad ended up giving the dog to a coworker of his and his wife. Okay. Well, the picture he just texted me is of a Facebook post uh-huh. that says today I lost my best fur friend, Anastasia left us with others have gone before her. She could no longer walk. We stopped by the Burger King for breakfast, had some yummy hash browns, heart is aching. And basically it's a sad 
Facebook post from a dog owner that we've all lost animals. You know, it's right. a, it's a sad day. But dad sends me this screenshot with a picture of the dog and things like that. And then a text that says, this is the puppy you rescued off the playground when you were a kid. Oh, no shit, huh? So that's just, so this puppy, I mean, obviously, I know with y'all listening at home, you can't see the photograph, but I mean, I'll show, you know, it's a, she she was an old pup, Uh but it's just good to know, you know. Oh yeah. That dog. She touched someone's heart. That dog lived a long, happy life. Oh yeah. We've, we've all had, you know, a good majority of us and you listeners involved, but we've both had dogs. I had, I had a puppy that was pretty much. I shouldn't say puppy. He, he grew up with me. I mean, I was like, I think I, I don't even know if I was one yet when mom and dad got him. Oh, and wow. he was just my best friend. Did everything with me. I mean, yep. and just, I haven't had my own dog. Well, I had a puppy that, that didn't work out as well. Anyways, um, I haven't had my own dog since him. And it's just, you know, looking back, especially as a kid and even as an adult, having that companionship of the unconditional love of a dog, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty hard to beat. It is. It really is. You know, I've had, I was in the same boat. Uh, when my brother and I were small, my parents got a dog that I think she was a little older when mom and dad got her, but she lived to be about 16. Yeah. And That's pretty good so I, I grew up with this dog, you know, as the family dog until I was about nine or 10 before she passed away. And it it is, it's just a bond that it's just incredible. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to get off the beaten path too much, but Things like that come along. It's a it's a real good feel good moment of the day right there. That's one thing we can say that stayed true over the times is the companionship of a dog. Mm-hmm. They have always and always will. You take good care of them, and they'll love you unconditionally. Oh yeah. Even it sounds weird, but even the dogs that are assholes to literally everybody else. Right. You know what I mean. <laughs> but they have they have their owners or their mom and dad basically. Yep. And. They just are lap dogs with mom and dad, but then they hate everybody else. Oh, yeah. I think little dogs are famous for that. Eh, personally, I don't care about those little ankle biters. My I've mom got, has I've got one. one. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I've Was got one. Bubba? Yeah. It cracks me up. Bubba, a chihuahua. my chihuahua. My, Four my pounds fiance, of fury. Yeah, my fiance and I decided to get a dog once. I wanted a lab. She wanted a chihuahua, so we compromised and bought <laughs> the fucking chihuahua. <laughs> That's some grand compromising <laughs> That sounds about right. I gave up, but yeah. he he's grown on me. He's my boy. Yeah. Now you know that's the thing. Like even with cats, I'm not. I've never been a cat person. Like kind of like my dad hated cats, and then me and Amanda decided to get a kitten. Mm-hmm. The girls were both little, and we're like, you know, it'd be good. You know, have a kitten. The girls can be exper- You know, get that experience of having a pet around the house. So we go and we go to the local animal shelter. And because I had a kitten uh, litter brought in. And so we go in with the girls and my middle girl is still not walking. She hasn't walked yet. But the oldest is. She's waddling around and she's trying to catch these little fur balls. And we're watching her, making sure she doesn't (laughs) choke one. And all of them run because, you know, cats are, you know, they're smart. They're skittish. Little human is going to try to grab me and it ain't going to be gentle. Well, here comes this one kitten just runs right up to Aurora and just is like, oh, pick me up. Love me. And Aurora just picks it up right by the neck. And he doesn't do a joke slam, doesn't do a dang thing to her, doesn't try to scratch her, doesn't meow or anything. And we're like, oh, we saved the kitten. And we're like, oh, this will be the perfect one. That cat, cat, we, we did. We brought him home. And is that the cat that's still around here somewhere? Yes, it is. Uh, Jedi. Good old Jedi. That's he, a good cat right there. Never has he scratched any of the babies or children. And they have yanked his tail. They all drag him around. <laughs> But at night, he will take his frustration out on any adult around. He'll smack you. He'll jump on the bed and claw your feet. I don't know what it is. He's like, oh, God. He blames, up aggression. He blames you for the kids doing I, that to I, him. I think so. It's freaking it freaking hilarious. He's you know, And he's calmed down a little bit as he's gotten a little older. That's about, well, four years ago now, I think. But it's good. I'm not a big cat person either, but that's a good cat to hang out with. Yeah, he's he's a good cat. We have a kitten right now, and she's, well, that's a whole other story. <gasps> and that's the good thing. You people out there listen, who are looking to like get an animal like if you don't want some papered purebred thing you got to buy from a breeder just go to your local animal shelter because those damn dogs just want to love somebody oh yeah yeah there's there's just, plenty of rescues out there oh there is plenty yep and odds are they're cooler anyway <laughs> a lot more personality and you know one thing with mutts that's nice about mutts is 
They don't have the problems that purebreds have. No, it seems like they almost, whatever they're mixed together out of, they get like the best traits out of those types. Yeah. And they don't get any of the big problems. Exactly. Labs and their hip problems. and (laughs) Yeah, arthritis and that kind of crap. Yeah, dysplasia, stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, without going off on a whole nother tangent there, it's just, you know. We're changing the title of this episode to Daily Discussions. Exactly. Because we're just having... We're just rambling. Squirrel moments after squirrel moments. I'm feeling like we might have to pause and grab another beer here in a moment. Oh no, we'll be just fine. I'll keep I'll keep them occupied if you want to go on a run. Ah, perfect. But and I think so. Going back to the main topic of the day, you know, and this is just coming into my head too. When's other than the event we had about a month ago? How often do you get to dress up? Oh, shit. Let me bring that up. Yeah. Like, the only time I ever dressed up was, well, I was homeschooled, so I never went to prom or anything. Oh, okay. Right. But dad always raised me, it doesn't matter what job interview you're going to, whether it's to be a garbage man or you're going to be a fucking lawyer to a law, a law firm, whatever it is, <coughs> you put on a damn suit. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had that mentality. Every job I've gone to, I wear a suit. So that's, you know, honestly, to weddings, if, if, the, if it is that kind of attire. Right. And... Job interviews. And then last month. Okay, so now think about the 1950s. Oh, they're classy mother effers. Oh, they're some classy, ba- dude, some dude, classy bastards. Go as far back to the 20s in a mob suit, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you if you grew up in the 20s, you lived in a suit. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, granted, I, there were those folks like the hardworking farmers and right. the, the blue collar community. But still, when they went uh, out. Oh, yeah. It was suit time. It was suit time. And they oh, looked. Yeah. Oh, God. Man. It wasn't mm-hmm. tap out t-shirt time. And the, you it know, was suit time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was. I got I to shout out a little bit there to the little brother. He's uh, getting ready to do a shift change here at uh, oh. his old workplace. And he's going to go from swing to days. And I was sending pictures of mob mob suits. And there's this website that, you know, you can pretty much get any size. Pretty decent price for a full suit. I mean. The rolled under sleeve with the nice oh, coat. I mean, it's just a nice looking suit. And he's like, "I'm getting that." He's like, "I'm gonna wear that on my last last day of day shift, and on my or my last day of night shift, and my first day of day shift." And I was like, "Screw it, man! Wear that every day because you can just take your jacket off, hang it up, and you're walking around with those nice twenty suspenders with your rolled up cuffs." And oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm almost jealous. It's like, whew, I should start wearing that more often. Well, that's what you know. And I think. Carry a Tommy gun. Especially carry a Tommy gun. Yeah. You can still get them. They're about $15,000 a piece. Good Lord. But, and I think especially that goes back to the ladies in your life, man. Like there's plenty, like coming back to the, I won't get into too much detail about the event we recently had, but a lot of people, because it was a quote unquote ball. Right. A lot of women having a reason to get dressed up to that level. Exactly. Oh, Dude, they even, love it. Even myself, an excuse to put on a nice suit. Oh man, and just yeah. feel like I'm a good looking mother effer right oh, now. Oh heck yeah! You see those pictures of us together, man. Oh, check it out on Instagram, Whew. Built Blue Studios. Yeah, you'll see them beautiful suspenders and bow ties. Oh man, loved every minute of it. We were, yeah, we were pimping. What, what was the word I was using that day? That was a uh, dabber. Dabber. Oh, that's yeah. a good word. It is a good word. Dabber Dan hair gel. Mm, there which you go. is another thing that with the times, but yeah. It's like a barbasol. You know, even talking to talking to dad who was born in the well, he's born in sixty nine, so seventies. We'll just, call him a seventies child. About the same age as Pops. Yeah, about the same. But it's just you know, everything whether it's modern technology or media, social media, cell phones for God's sake. Right. It's just it's it's a different time, man. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like you know, and the one thing that stands out the most to me right now in my head is the way children go about life these days, their, their daily lives. It used to be, and I know you were the same way, mm-hmm. morning, you eat some breakfast, mom or dad kicks you outside, and during the summertime, of yep. course, you know, when you're not in school, kicks you outside and says, I'll call you for lunch, and then dinner time is, when they said dinner time, that's, the day was over yeah, then. And the rule is, back in the house before the streetlights come on. Exactly, yep. And I believe that was actually, not you say that, that was uh, my wife's, rule as she was growing up because they live on the cul-de-sac. Yeah, parents still live there. Mm-hmm. And they could go outside. They'd play, ride their bikes. They'd, you know, have fun outside, figure it out. This Basically, day and age. the neighborhood kids. Oh, yeah. You don't want to say they became like a gang because obviously there was 
little to no criminal activity going on. Right. But, but you pretty much. Kind of like little rascals. They're like, just yeah, every having day, fun, hanging out. Every day you knew, I'm going to go out in the cul-de-sac, I'm going to meet up with my buddies, and we're going to have fun. Right. Till the till sun hoops or riding a bike around or, you know, just whatever, chasing each other around, being goofballs, being kids. Playing cops and robbers. And now it's like, it's a pain in the ass to get a freaking kid out from in front of the TV or even just get him outside to run around. Now, to be fair. And I'm, I was going to go off on that and I feel like you're going to touch on it, but I'll let you run with her. But see, to be fair, because obviously I do still believe that kids should, should do their thing. But the, the really scary thing for parents nowadays, I feel obviously not being a parent yet, but being around 20 nieces and nephews that I do have. Right. Is the level of a social media exposure and creepy. It seems like the number of creepy sons of bitches has gone up like oh, tenfold. I agree completely. Because yeah, back in the day, they still had, you still had your freaks out there and your chomos and all that stuff. But no, the I don't know if it's, as the time gone on, people because there's more people obviously than there was 50 60 years ago of course population is increasing that is it is and I, mental health i think is on a steady decline but i don't know what causes that huh? eh, it but whatever whatever it is that causes that but yeah the the amount of creeps and freaks like here in the local town someone just tried to I believe it was a mom was trying to load her groceries mm-hmm. and her kids were in the cart, you know, just right there by the car. She was doing nothing wrong. Kids were in the cart. She was just pulling the groceries. Yeah, she's out. like two feet away. Yeah. She's not neglecting her child. by any means. some guy comes up and tries to grab the cart and the mom, I mean, she really obviously, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see this story. Yeah. This was, I was, and I might be getting the story. I'm, I'm sure it happens 50 times a day worldwide. Oh, exactly. No one, you know, whether they do report it or not, it's probably, it's getting to be more and more common thing. People are getting bolder. These freaks are getting bolder. Oh, and, yeah, they are. And as the population increases, you know, there's more and more, you know, for those chomos out there, there's all these kids running around. And yeah, as parents, you got to be aware of that stuff. So, you know, to be fair, like you said, is, you know, we don't really trust our kids to go out and do those things right now because it doesn't take, more than a blink of an eye and someone in a car just grabbing grabbing mm-hmm. your kids up. But just be aware know know your surroundings know your people know who you live around and if you can or can't trust them and you know what the internet's a pretty good tool for things like that you can look up registered pedophiles and sex offenders in your area man yeah and that's be careful that's that might a, scare the shit out of you that, it'll scare you because sometimes you punch in your neighborhood and your computer all of a sudden gets chicken pox yeah. and you're like I'm I'm right there somewhere. You got to zoom in like two hundred percent. Yeah, I'm right in the middle of those fifty red dots. Oh, good lord! You know, and that it's is a, a sad, scary it's a sad thing. time for things like but that. But I but I think it even this is the this is the question I ask once in a while. Is I think has the number of pedophiles and creeps and weirdos and all that stuff gone up, or has modern media and laws and judicial systems and all that just exposed them more? I, I think it is, I think it's a combination of all the above, you know, we know, and I especially, especially you having, you know, worked detention side, Mm -hmm. there is a huge demand. We're lacking housing capabilities for detainees and people who need to be locked up. Oh, absolutely. People are like that guy that we talked about on our last episode. Uh, who got out and oh the seventy seven year old yep. stabbed almost a re- repeat recreation of stabbing his wife what was it twenty five years ago twenty five years later yep. when he's a seventy he gets released from jail if you haven't listened to episode three please go check it out four. um oh, episode oh, four excuse me I got you bro three I thought we were on three no this is five this is five God this time goes so fast when I know you're right fun well did we talk about it on three or four I don't know anyways don't know. we have Listen so much to fun all talking of them and yeah, find it it's exactly. a good it's a good story it's a it it's an interesting story it's sad but it's interesting but it's basically a 77 year old man 25 years in prison for murdering his wife gets released because a judge declares him not a threat and within I don't know how long a short time he recreates the murder with some poor random woman that's now ripped away from her family because he deserved to be locked away and he wasn't. Right. And you know, that's, yeah. Yep. So I think a lot of it, the judicial system, there's a lot of good people in there. They work their asses off, you know, shout out to all you prosecutors out there who are just piles of paper stuff. What do I do with it? You can only do so much and they can. And you know, in a way, yeah, the judicial system has failed. 
the American people, but at the same time, you look at the amount of crap that they are dealing with and that law enforcement, EMS, all those guys are dealing with. It's, it's tough for them. I mean, it's, yeah, you're going to have people slip through the cracks and there's shit. There's some guys out there who make it almost their shit. I'll bet you there's guys who make it their whole life offending and doing nasty, dirty, dark shit that we don't even want to know about. And they never get freaking caught. Oh, I bet. What was the guy's name? Uh, the guy that was the, I don't remember if he was the doctor or the physical trainer for the women's U.S. gymnastics team. Yeah. That you was, remember his name? I, I know. We, we kind of actually touched on it on the same episode with the murder. Um, I do not remember his name, and I'll let you. I, you're probably doing a Google I, now. I'm Googling right now. Because and I actually had the pleasure of watching, and I think it was. Larry no, Nassar. Used, yep. That's his name. He was a doctor, right? He was their yep. doctor. Well, he was their doctor for so many years. He did it. Multiple women came forward. Oh, my God. Currently, I, he's serving 60 years in prison, which he's already kind of an old man, so good. He's going to die there where he belongs. But according to this article, uh, at least one of his sexual assault vis- victims included was younger than 13. Two of them were abused at 15 or 16. And according to Judge Nick, uh, Janice Cunningham told right. the small court in Charlotte, Michigan, we have over 265 identified victims and an infinite number of victims in the state or country all over the world. I think, and I, this happened, what, two, three years ago? Two years I ago? I think this was about two. But the but the crime spree this guy committed was 15, 20 years. And I, if I, I'm almost positive it's the same guy I'm thinking of because... It's the same story, but he was because his United States gymnastics team, right? The U.S. women, the Olympic team. Yeah, yeah. For the that's, wi- that's for, right for the women. Yeah. Um, he was getting the way he was getting away with doing stuff like this is the parents trusted him, the girls trusted him, and he because I watched a lot of the YouTube recaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was getting them getting like the parents be like, okay, yeah, we'll be done here in an hour or two or whatever. And the parents would leave and, or be like out in the waiting room, you know, like, Oh, we trust this guy. He's a doctor. He's just, you know, helping yeah. her. Oh, he's doing like chiropractic treatment you know, or massages or whatever. or whatever. And here he's back there freaking molesting these poor innocent girls. And when they're that young, I mean, you got a grown ass man. I don't, I'm obviously not a woman. Right. I live with a bunch of girls, but it's like, but you never know what that experience is like unless Girls, you've gone through you know, it. Yeah. And being at that, oh God, I can't imagine. And well, I remember speaking on sentencing that. sentencing was oh, What God, the amazing. girls, touching on what the girls have gone through. I remember listening to interviews with some of the victims where they said, because you got to keep in mind, okay, these are anywhere from 13 to 18, 19 year old girls. Right. Who, yeah, they're young, but they've dedicated their whole lives to gymnastics exactly the ultimate goal is to get to the u.s olympic team right so once they get to this level they're on the team this yeah. guy is the team doctor right. so when of course gymnastics you're hurting stuff you know what i mean you're tweaking stuff twisting stuff doing all this that and the other thing mm-hmm. so there were interviews with these victims where they said they remember being assaulted by this disgusting animal who deserves to rot in a hole and I think he deserves worse. But anyways. Exactly. But they remember being assaulted by this guy and they know it's wrong. Right. But at the same time, they're sitting there thinking, if I say something, I'm going to get kicked off this team. Yeah. This they, is the, yeah, this the power team, to do that. Yeah. This team is my ultimate goal ever since I was two, three years old, started in gymnastics. Right. And if I, if I come forward on this guy, it's going to go away. Yep. And probably one of the best things... Uh, like you said, I was watching some of the court recaps on this guy when he was going through his proceedings. One of the dads of the victims actually asked the judge to be locked in a room with the guy for half an hour. Is that the same guy who ended up? Like, he he charged yet? him in court. Yeah. Like he, he literally, the judge was like, well, obviously I can't do that, sir. And the dad just bolted for him. Yep. Okay. That, I think that's what got me on watching it is I had to look that up because I was like, oh yeah, fucking random ass shit bag that I never heard of at the time. Mm-hmm. He's about to get his ass kicked like he deserves. And Granted, then I started diving law into enforcement it more. officers 
you know, they did what they had to do. They did their job and they yeah, had to yeah. stop the guy. And oh, yeah. he didn't, he ended up not even touching the no. piece of and, shit and doctor. And he was fortunate he didn't get charged either with, uh, you know, contempt of court or anything like that. But right. that guy, uh, <laughs> I, I think we both know each other's feelings on that. We can dive into some nasty words and thoughts about what should happen to people like that. But it's just, you know, there's like that random sickos. And, and yeah, there's, there's women who offend in a manner such as, you know, sexual offenses and stuff like that. Right. There, there is that, but men who tend to be more of that power, that eye of power kind of thing, like with him where he was, he had the power to kick him off the team and he was, you know, he was a doctor and, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what he said or anything like that. Well, he's this highly it, respected doctor where it's kind of like if a 13 year old comes forward, he would pull the, you know, Oh, they don't know what they're talking. I was just doing this. I was just doing that. And then, yeah, the odds are the girls probably would have got kicked off the team. Right. But bringing the bringing the discussion full circle, it makes me think in the past how many people have done that and basically took it to their grave. Right. And yep. never were confronted, charged, mm-hmm. anything. Well, like that whole mentality of like girls, you know, who get raped or sexually assaulted, they, it's got, I think, I feel like it's gotten a little better with education now, um, educating women and people. They didn't think anybody would believe them because there was women and still are women who go forward and brings allegations forward that are false. They're, oh, whether they're looking for attention, money, you know, anything like that, just to ruin someone's life. There was actually a guy who he spent multiple years in prison and the girl who he allegedly raped during, if you're listening, that's how you use the word allegedly mm-hmm. use that, that word, like a freaking comma sometimes, which anyways, but allegedly raped this girl and he was charged, sent mm-hmm. to prison. I don't remember how long it was for. Was that the football player? I think Brian Banks. I think you're right. And he ended up, yep. she came forward and said, no, nope, I'm, I'm a lying sack of shit. Mm-hmm. And he got released, but it was like 20 years, wasn't it? It was, a, it was, it was north of 10, which okay. granted, and it kind of sounds shitty. And I don't mean like there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of cases that come forward. But the problem is these very few, like I remember one that I saw recently out of Maryland where a girl claimed she was assaulted by three men uh-huh. on a college football team. Right. Uh, so the men are kicked off the football team, kicked out of college, charged almost go to prison mm-hmm. and then this girl comes forward and says no i did these things with these men and it was consensual but i decided to say it was rape because i was trying to impress this other guy what the actual co- exactly i haven't read the article in a while but that's basically wow. the baseline of what happened but she ended up actually getting sentenced to jail for like i think it was 18 months or 2 years in prison good for these false allegations. Yeah. But that's such the shitty thing is there's people out there that have legitimately been wronged. And even for the fact that there's the slightest doubt that it occurred because right. of these pieces of shit out there, exactly. men and women yep. that make this stuff up. Right. Yeah. It's just, and don't get us wrong. We're a, not sitting here. If you've been wronged, like for God's sake, come forward. The people that need to believe you will believe you. But just don't do it to be a dick. No, don't. Don't lie. Don't That's make, one thing. Don't that. make it up. I shouldn't say don't do it because if you've been wronged, come forward. But that even that even goes back to times changing because I remember even back in the 90s when I was young, you know, it was kind of the culture where if things like this, if people, men or women, because there's cases of both, were wronged in such a way, it was kind of a, we'll just deal with it. Right. Kind yeah. of thing. Or the Larry Nassar or the old, like, 1800s going way back in the day. Right. The people that got away with murdering 40 to 60 to 100 people and never got caught. Right. Exactly. And that might have to do with modern technology, law enforcement. Yeah, a little bit, I think. Law enforcement advancement, DNA analysis, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah, no, the technology for things like that, convicting people and proving crimes has come a long ways. And there's even people who actually get let out of prison because they were wrongly convicted. Oh, all, especially now that the people that were sent to prison before DNA analysis, 
Right. Oh, luckily, back then, they still collected the DNA. They just had no way of analyzing it. Right. They had the smarts to know that this is going to be worth uh, something yeah, eventually. Eventually. But then these guys go to prison, and then DNA analysis comes out. They do DNA analysis, and it's letting these people out of prison, which is great. You know, you let these wrongfully convicted men out. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, so it's it's good, and it's got its ups and downs just like anything. Right. But not trying to get too uh, deep, darky, or anything like that. Looks like. Check your phone. That's what I'm trying to tell check. you. Oh, I'm trying to do hand signals and I'm like, hey, hand, phone. Your hand signaling to me. Yeah. I couldn't find my notes to send you a. Oh, gotcha. Pick, okay. But we're, we're trying to. Uh, today we're going to. We're going to bring a few. Ep- we're going we're gonna to try to make a few episodes today is what we're trying to do. And we're, we're not trying to get too drawn out too long. We don't want to burn your guys' ears up too much, but we want to also keep you hanging for the next well, exactly. episode. But I feel like it's been—it's just been too good to to keep it going. Plus, we haven't even got to hero talk yet. No, and I feel like we're still not done talking about how times have changed. I mean, I'm still excited about that whole little brother wearing that freaking mob suit. And, you know, I got to back true. I got to backtrack That's a little true. bit. The reason he's doing that is because he made the—I don't want to say mistake, but he made the decision to him and a girl he worked with to same shift start dating. And it went on for a year and it ended pretty shitty and they still work together and they're, they're adults about it. Mm-hmm. And, but he still has, you know, he's moved on and I don't think she fully has, you know, what well, I don't mm. know, that, you know, without diving into the whole story and he's, he's, you know, he's a good 19 year old, 19 year old kid. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And he's like, and she gets to watch me walk around all night looking like a freaking stud. <laughs> and then she won't see me ever again. And I'm like, you know what, bro? I, I love you, man. Is he, I, I was, I think, I thought it was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's true. You never know. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it's time to get into hero talk before we wrap this up. While you are starting that, you, I think it's time to crack open another brew. I think it is time. So if you want to go on a run, I will obviously keep the keep the good listeners of our fantastic show here a little occupied. Exactly. Dive, dive into that story, brother. Exactly. Okay. I will do, I will do that. Well, I'll wait for you because obviously you don't know the story either. So we got to wait. But I'll definitely keep the... Keep the ears perked up as best I can flying Han Solo for about 30 or 45 seconds. So I think as we touch on, you know, times, times changing, it's, it's really just to kind of, you know, as a, as our great listeners out there reflect on even the perspective, how that's changed for you since you were younger, whether you're, I don't know, obviously age ranges, hopefully you're great but think this is one thing that kind of sparked the the discussion topic for me personally is think about how things have changed from the time you were a child to now being an adult or a young adult early 20s whatever it may be you know how many times when you were young did you think mom and dad didn't care for you too much you know or they just weren't that fun like they wouldn't let you they wouldn't let you stay out late or they wouldn't let you do all the things you wanted to do when you were a kid and then you grew up and it was it was like oh okay it makes sense i'm back <laughs> <laughs> so as we were talking josh yeah. fill you in i'm sure you heard cuz you didn't you didn't wander off too far not too terrible far not too terrible but i was talking to our fine folks y'all about how when you were younger, you thought mom and dad didn't like you that much or they weren't that fun. They wouldn't let you do all the fun things you wanted to do right. when you were that know-it-all teenager that thought <laughs> that thought you knew what was best. Yeah. But Ooh. then you but then you grew up and you realized, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> and you know, and I think I can touch on that a little bit is where the girl I I with the girls where they say you're mean or you know, they're starting to get a little more vocal and mm. headstrong. And they're like, you're mean and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you know, and it's when, and for discipline reasons or something like that. And I tell them, you know what? I'm not supposed to be nice all the time. I'm I'm your father. Mm-hmm. I'm your parent. And yeah, I love the shit out of you. 
You're, I mean, my girls are my little princesses, but at the same time, I'm not their friend, especially right now in their life. Exactly. We Parents have, and friends are different. Exactly. We can have fun and we do fun stuff together, but when it comes down to it, my goal isn't to keep a friend around and keep a friend happy with this little midget. <laughs> a freaking, what do they call it? What is that I heard the other day? It was a crib midget. That's what it was. Crib midget when watching a good movie the other night. But anyways, it's just once once kids get older, and usually it's about the time they move out of the house and start having their own life, that you start building a friendship with your child. I can tell you, my dad's one of my best friends. I mean, we talk about everything, and I know you and your dad likewise, are the same way. Likewise. And as you, when you move out, and mom and dad are giving you all the tools that they can give you in those eighteen years, if you move out right away, then that's when the friendship can start. Mm-hmm. That's they've bestowed the fantastic parenthood upon you and now it's time for you to go figure shit out and then you realize oh god i didn't know crap i didn't know anything yeah i knew knew nothing and you come back around full circle and you know next thing you know you're looking forward to the next visit with mom or dad Mm -hmm. but i I think just remember is as you're raising children or young adults you know you're molding them into being great adults exactly Adults that That's you want to be a friend with. There's future generation, whether they're going to be, you know, hopefully they don't, they don't want to stick you in a home and you got some, you know, bitchy Betty there wiping your ass in the old <laughs> folks home and tossing you around like a bag of old candy. Oh, uh, I can't wait. 60 more years. Take 60 more years. Take care of your parents. Take care of each other. Love each other. Just like we always said. Exactly. Just but be, think, just be good to one another. Just right. be nice. That's what it comes down to. Be a good person. But at the same time, defend yourself against those shit bags. Exactly. Hashtag second amendment. Oh, yeah. concealed carry <laughs> or open carry, whatever your flavor is. Check episode one. Talk all about it. Exactly. I think but we could talk in a whole nother episode about talking about that shit. We probably will in the future. It's coming back. It is. It's going to come around. But where I think it's about time to wrap up this daily discussion. But of course, because it's my pride and joy, we can't wrap up an episode without hero talk. We can't oh, wrap yeah. it. So we got to go through. And I found this one and I'm excited about this one. I know, he's been sitting here fondling this I, paper. I have been. You yeah. probably have heard it crinkling in the in the in the audio here and I apologize for that, but trust me, you'll you'll enjoy it. So, lay it on me, brother. My brother, my fine listeners, my beautiful my beautiful Americans. We're going to talk about Sammy Davis today. Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis. We're going back to another Medal of Honor recipient. And I know the last hero story I did was a Medal of Honor recipient, but sometimes these stories are just so damn good. Oh, they are. I just can't get over them. Mm-hmm. And Sammy Davis is one that I looked through quite a few. Some of them were very similar to Master Sergeant Oresco that we talked about previously. But Sammy, Sammy Davis is a whole nother realm. Sammy Davis' story comes from us from the Vietnam War comes from November of 1968, where Sammy Davis will set the scene here. Sammy's a private first class in the United States Army. Private, doing big time things. Young buck, probably, huh? Young buck, about 19 years old, something like that. So Sammy enlists in the United States Army in 1965 as an artilleryman, just like his father was before him. Right. Like I said, time's changing. People serving back in the day. Generations. So Sammy goes in as an as an artilleryman, and he describes his job as his job is to provide close and continuous su- artillery support for infantry, which which he also said would sometimes lead to continuously firing the howitzer cannon that he was assigned to for eight to ten hours straight. Holy Con- crap. continuous fire! Because the best way he put it was as long as the infantry is out there engaging the enemy you got to be firing that artillery to provide that support that cover fire That's oh a that cover thing. fire it's a good thing Damn. so now we're gonna fast forward a little bit from 65 november 18th 1987 sammy and his platoon of artillery personnel are flown into a battle zone where the infantry is already engaged so sammy said as soon as they got off the helicopter they set up the howitzer as fast as they could and immediately started firing. Damn. And they fired for two to three hours before the before the before the Viet Cong disengaged and they could stop firing. Right. And he says, not long after, a helicopter flies in and a major steps out of the helicopter. Okay. 
And all the major says is, men, the, pos the probability of contact with the enemy this evening is 100%. So prepare yourselves. Wow. Then the major gets back on the helicopter and flies back to his tent. Fantastic. As majors do. Yes. So Sammy says, I don't know. It must just have been intuition or something like that. Sammy wakes up in the middle of the night, checks his watch. It's 0200. It's 2 in the morning. And he described what he heard as the, the very distinct sound of mortars sliding down the tube. Oh, shit. As in they slide down the tube, hit the bottom, and go. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. So, and obviously, you know, if you're hearing those mortars slide down the tube, you got to be really close. Oh, yeah. you got to be right up on them. So Sammy looks to his fellow soldiers and says, hey, when did we, uh, when did we move in mortars? And the guy says, uh, we didn't. Uh, what are you talking about? Exactly. So then the boom starts. The mort the raining down of enemy mortar fire continues for thirty minutes, nonstop mortar fire. I bet you had the longest thirty minutes of their lives. I bet it was a long thirty minutes. So, two thirty in the morning, the mortar stopped, and they start hearing what they described as whistles, like a coach would have, uh -huh. and orders being yelled out in English to go kill the remaining GIs. Oh, oh, it's getting it's getting real. It's getting real. So, of course, being in a howitzer nest, as Sammy was, they loaded up what's called a beehive round. Have you ever heard of a beehive round? So I was actually, my last few months of working with a, in the reserves was with a battery unit up in Spokane. So mm -hmm. I have heard of it, but I can't remember for the life of me. So a beehive round basically is, an artillery is obviously a large bullet that goes into this cannon and fires. Big old motherfucker. A big, it's a big bullet. So the beehive round is basically a special round that goes into this this piece of artillery and fires this is all based on what Sammy described fires eight around 18,000 darts or some form of smaller projectiles. Holy crap. So it's basically it's bringing the boom. Yeah. What it is. So they load up this beehive round as the enemy's charging. They fire it into the enemy. Well, what they didn't know was because they're set up on a river out by, out by Kai Lei, South Vietnam. Uh huh. Soon as they fire this beehive round across the river, the enemy had set up a rocket countermeasure. So as soon as they fire this beehive, the enemy fires a rocket at where that muzzle flash came from. Oh shit! Oh shit is right. So their artillery nest gets blown up, hits the, hits the howitzer, just about perfect. Blows Sammy back, knocks him out, knocks him out cold. The sergeant unfortunately gets a large piece of shrapnel into his chest. He doesn't make it. Yeah. Sammy said the last thing he remembers seeing is watching his sergeant disappear into the night. Oh shit! Getting blown away from the howitzer cannon. Wow. So, as so once that's happened, the enemy advanced on Sammy's howitzer, and they started trying to turn the howitzer to use it against American troops. Didn't they just try blowing it up, though? They did, but apparently it still worked. Holy shit. Man, they're so, a tough chunk of, it's a big fucking chunk it's of metal. A, it's a big chunk of metal. So there's a second U.S. howitzer not far off, and they see this happening. So, right. of course, the golden rule is you don't let the enemy get a hold of your artillery. Nope. You don't do it. So the second howitzer nest loads up their own beehive round and fires it into Sammy's howitzer nest, if oh, you call it that. Sammy is hit with 30 darts ranging from his mid-thigh up to his fourth lumbar vertebrae. Holy crap. Thir and he, he says the only thing that saved his back above that fourth lumbar vertebrae was the flak jacket he had on. Oh, Otherwise, shit. he would have been peppered with who knows how many of these things. Wow. Okay, so the darts hitting Sammy causes him to regain consciousness. Sammy rolls into a foxhole where he kind of regains his senses, his auditory exclusion, things like that. Right. So once Sammy kind of comes to, and luckily the beehive uh, took out the enemies that were trying to take over his howitzer. So that's always good to know. Yep. So Sammy Something rolled, good came of it. Yeah, something good. So Sammy rolls over, looks out of his foxhole, and he sees... 150 to 200 enemy soldiers advancing towards his position. 
So he grabs his shit sandwich keeps getting shit. Oh, oh, it keeps it gets a lot worse before it gets better. Trust me, this is a good one. But this is why I wanted to get to this section. So he grabs his military issued M16 rifle where he described having 12 magazines, roughly 180 rounds, something like that. He fired every single round toward the enemy and described it as being frustrating as all hell because he seemed like no matter what he did, they just kept coming. Yeah. So he fires every single round out of this M16 and he still sees the enemy advancing, things like that. You're going to love this. After this was all said and done, they found out the ratio of United States soldiers to Viet Cong was 42 to 1,500. Holy crap. They were. It was a reinforced battalion of Viet Cong, so it was 1,500 enemy soldiers versus 42 Americans. God. So... And I quoted this from the interview because I just loved him saying this. So Sammy said, I didn't think I was going to see daylight again, but I wasn't going to quit. So he gathered up because obviously the rocket had completely destroyed the howitzer nest that he was in. So Sammy decided I need to load up another beehive round and just let it do its job. So he has to crawl all over this this howitzer nest as the enemy is moving around him. So he would describe having to move a little bit and then stop until the enemy went by and then move more, stop, gather all this stuff up. He's able to do it. He loads up a beehive round, loads it, pulls the lanyard to set it off. And the gun does nothing. Shit. The gun does nothing. Luckily for Sammy, he loaded up too much gunpowder into the weapon. So okay. it was just a delayed fire. Oh. So you imagine the oh shit moment when he pulls that lanyard and the gun doesn't do anything. Right. But then after a little while, it does go off. Uh-huh. And the other soldiers described it when that howitzer went off. They thought Sammy had a flamethrower. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the powder that went off. Oh, yeah. But of course, Sammy's saying, I, I thought I only had one shot, so I wanted to make sure it did its damn job. Right. So he keeps doing that as much as he can. He slowly loads up another beehive and another one, and he keeps setting them off, setting them off, until he starts hearing a faint scream of someone saying, don't shoot, I'm a GI. Oh. So he looks across the river, and he sees an American soldier waving his boonie hat Uh around back and forth from shoulder to shoulder, screaming, don't shoot, I'm a GI. Yeah. So he says, well, crap, we've got to go get him. But of course, now keep in mind, Sammy has been peppered with 30 darts from his mid-thigh up to his fourth lumbar. Right. So he crawls, he grabs, I guess the U.S. Army issued air mattresses back then. I don't know how they did it. They probably had to blow them up with their lungs, which I'm sure burned like a son of a bitch. I'll bet you, I'll bet you it was one of those like little like, you know, light, just really thin inflatable type ones. Probably was, but it was enough to float. Anyways. So Sammy crawls, he grabs one of those air mattresses. Crawls to the river, floats across, gets to where this soldier was waving his boonie head around, and finds it's not just this one soldier. There's three of them oh, shit. in this foxhole. They're all hurt, and they're they're in this foxhole across the river away from allied forces, if you will. Uh-huh. So it, and it took Sammy 45 minutes to crawl to him. So he thinks, well, I can't make three trips. Like, I'm, I'm beat. Right. You know, I've been hit with 30 little projectiles and stuff like that. So Sammy ends up making two trips and saves all three of those men, returning them to the American side of the river. Wow. Oh, yeah. Fucking hero. Oh, yeah. So at the end of it, when it's all said and done, then eventually rescue uh, reinforcements show up and they're able to get all those guys out of there. The 43 troops that began the... U.S. troops, because 42, 43, including Sammy. Of the 43 American troops that were there when the engagement started, only 12 were left. Shit. Sammy and 11 other uh, U.S. troops. Wow. Every other, all the other 11 soldiers that survived that altercation with Sammy nominated him for the Medal of Honor. Damn. Every single one of them. And of course... Sammy being Sammy, 
and Sammy being a damn hero. That's why he's on Hero Talk here. Another quote from the interview that I absolutely loved. He said, I didn't do anything heroic. I did my job because that's what soldiers do. Hmm. That's damn private first class Sammy Davis. Wow. Right there for you. That's freaking incredible. How's that for some American heroism, ladies and gents? That is another fine example of an American warrior, a fighter, just an ultimate badass. Oh, absolutely. That's the first time I've heard that story. Yeah, and I I figured, I didn't know if you had heard it or not, but I knew it was a damn good one. Oh, Oh. damn straight, bud. It's a good one. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up hero talk for the day. And I think that's going to just about do it for the uh, first installment of, I guess we'll call it daily discussions. Exactly. Where we just have a have a damn good conversation with y'all. And hopefully you enjoyed it. As you hear the kids, I don't know if you heard that. Oldest probably letting out a little holler there at the middle girl. <laughs> They've been back and forth. It's been a pleasant week. They're siblings. Y'all know how that goes. No, exactly. And girls nonetheless. But... Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as we have. And as always, if you have any feedback for us or like to hear us talk about anything or what have you, or just to drop in and say, hi, we love, we love what you're doing. Exactly. That we, we love it. Of course. We feed off of that stuff. On Instagram, Built Blue Studios, Facebook, Built Blue. We're getting that Facebook page going. YouTube coming soon. Uh, Email. BuiltBlueApparel.com. Keep our eyes down because we're making a couple, we're making some moves to get a little bit of some uh, little apparel out there. So if you like the show, if you want to give us a little support, you know, we want to give you something beautiful to wear on them summer days or maybe by the bonfire in the backyard. Exactly. When you're just enjoying being a damn American. Land of the free, home of the brave. We love you. But until next time, of course... Please, like always, enjoy a good cigar like the Alec Bradley American. Drink some good liquor or a beer like the Coors Banquet or some proper 12 Irish whiskey if that's more your taste. Be good to each other. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next time. God bless America.